You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. I'm Jess Biondo. I'm Tia McNally. And I'm Michaela Hooper. And today on the podcast, we have Lucretia Berry, founder of Brownicity, author of What Lies Between Us. What an incredible woman. (laughs) I am so excited for you guys to hear this interview. Um, I have told so many people since we recorded her interview that she restored my hope in humanity. Mm -hmm. Honestly, guys, this woman is such a voice of hope in a time of division and disunity around race relations. And mm-hmm. she just um, she just really helped me. Mm-hmm. That's the best way I can mm-hmm. put it. And so we're in- incredibly excited for you guys to hear what Lucretia has to say. Her story is amazing. Yeah, you are in for a treat. Um, there's so much power mm-hmm. behind... Um, her story and what um, what she's doing, just relationally, um, I think that stood out to me a lot in this interview. Is that she um, she is about relationship, and yeah. that's really important when we're navigating. Um, just there are so many issues today that we were navigating um, as people, and I think that Lucretia um, brings it to relationship and. Yeah. Um, that's we have to keep that at the forefront relationship is key so so here's our conversation with lucretia berry hey everybody we're excited today to welcome dr lucretia berry to the podcast she's the founder of brownicity and the author of what lies between us a journal and guide to fostering first steps toward racial healing Um, and i'm really excited for this interview yes so am I. Lucretia, I first heard about you. First of all, welcome. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yeah, we're so happy you're here. <laughs> I first heard about you um, after I spent some time attending Mosaic Church in Charlotte. Okay. And then um, I became a Hope writer, and I noticed your name there mm-hmm. again. And then I noticed that you were doing some consulting and teaching mm-hmm. at uh, the school where my kids go to school. And (laughs) yeah, and so I'm like, we've got to connect. Yeah, we're supposed to be friends. Absolutely. And so I love that this is an opportunity to have a conversation with you. And so I I bought What Lies Between Us, and I can't wait to dive into it. Um, I watched the documentary associated with it. Look at you. And we've totally... devoured your TED talk. We TEDx Charlotte. Mm -hmm. Um, Please, we'll put that link in the show notes. You guys definitely need to to listen to that. It's so good. Yes. Oh, thank you. So amazing. Um, But let's back up a second before we start talking about all the incredible work you do. Tell us a little bit about your family. Well, okay. um, I am a wife to Nathan Berry and a mom to three little girls. And um, our family is multi-ethnic by marriage and birth. So my husband is white. (laughs) I am African-American. And so our children are multi-ethnic. And so that kind of set the stage, or maybe that was act two, actually, um, um, to to, uh, getting us where we are now with uh, Brownicity. And so Brownicity um, is essentially like it, it was birthed out of our family and 
um, wanting to have a healthy conversation and um, have girls walking around who are informed and secure in who they are Mm. and not having their identities determined by um, a racial narrative or some type of racial construct. So wanting to equip them um, as much as as we can, um, yeah, so they could see uh, you know what is what is what is uh, really God given to them versus the things that are put on them and put on us by man that are created by man. That's incredible. Yeah, I love it. It's, <laughs> it has definitely directed new conversations with me and my kids. Okay, um, hearing how how you direct those conversations with your kids. Um, but first, how did you meet Nathan? <laughs> well. Um, it's kind of a funny, funny story. So I, I say that is the the, the beginning of Brownicity. Is we actually met when let's see, I was a graduate school. I was in graduate school at Iowa State. Um, he was attending um, as an undergrad. I'm older than he is. So, <laughs> but I was attending, um, you know, one of the only black churches in the area. If you can imagine, it's Iowa, so it's like 99 percent white. I I joke and say that's where they make the white people. <laughs> people. <laughs> come from Iowa. Anyway, <laughs> I'm from Michigan. So yes. You're correct. Yep. Yeah. So there was going to this um, black church. Um, and that's that had been my only type of church experience growing up. Um, I had grown up in a, a small black church. So then, of course, naturally, I, you know, gravitated to like the one that was right. yeah. there um, on campus. It was actually a campus ministry. And then this is kind of a you know, funny and sad story. Funny, not funny, but actually, um, so white students from the social sciences class um, would come and observe us in our service. What? So they, yeah, so they come kind of like, you know, maybe five at a, at a time and they sit and they kind of sit in the corner. And, um, but, but we just got, I mean, we were just used to it. So they weren't like a part of the service. So, you, you know, if you go to church and some churches have you stand and say hi to people. So, you know, they would sit down and, you know, kind of give us this look like, no, we're not really here. Were they taking notes? Yep. They were wow. taking notes. I wish yeah, you could see here. how big our eyes are right, right. now listening to but this. It, <laughs> but it was just, yeah, it was just a part of, because it was a campus ministry and it was on campus, everybody was just used to it. Wow. Mm. So then this one white guy, he kept coming back. And so my question was like, well, how long is this project? Like, what is he, why does <laughs> yeah. he keep coming back? Well, it turns out he was actually going, he was actually attending wow. there. And, um, and so shortly after that, um, our pastor said, you know, we are no longer going to be just a black church. We are going to become interracially one. That's B-I-O, bio, and bio mm. in Latin means life. Yeah. Wow. And so he said, we're going to be a, a church for everyone. And so, um, so then the one white guy, he, this is how you have to do these things. He put them on the board. (laughs) (laughs) And then this is the short version, the really quick version. And then we just started making all of these changes. And I mean, in deep changes, because personally, honestly, I mean, I did not want it to become an everybody church. I, it was, I thought it was great sacred space, Mm -hmm. you know, in this, in the middle of Iowa. Yeah. I liked it the way that it was. Sure. But, um. I knew that I was supposed to be at that church, and I knew that this pastor, he's one of the most genuine and authentic people that I have ever met in my life, and he would not do something just because it was popular. Mm. I mean, this is back in the 90s, so mm. people weren't doing this anyway, for the most part. Right, yeah. And um, and so I knew, you know, this 
tug on my heart. I knew that I was supposed to be a part of um, this walk in transforming, helping this church transform, which meant that like culturally we had to kind of slaughter a lot of sacred cows, which was hard. Mm -hmm. Um, But I mean, we, we did the hard work and I, within a year, the church looks completely different. Wow, a and year. Yeah, I know. That feels yeah. fast. It is fast, but it's college students, right, ah. who are, you know, what is it, pliable? Is that yeah, important? totally. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. and flexible. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah, people left. So, you know, it went down. It dwindled down. Right. <laughs> you know, so people left. Um, but those of us who knew, you know, that we were supposed to be there and be a part of this and and I mean, and I even knew that it was going to be very significant to my life somehow, but I didn't know that the one white guy would end up being my husband. <laughs> right. Yes. It's pretty so, significant. Yes. Yeah. And we became such good friends doing that work. Mm. And then um, we remained friends and we graduated and kept in touch and got married. So, you know, wow. so then we're this married couple with, okay, this kind of background as, you know, for our friendship and then also, you know, our knowledge and understanding and how we approach race and racism. Yeah. So obviously we're going to get ahead of some things with our children. Wow. Yeah. So wow. That well, is and it's how we so met. incredible how you got on board with what God was doing in that church. Right. Even mm-hmm. though you may have felt a little resistant at first. Mm-hmm. But by giving God your yes, it transformed your entire life. Like, yes. I never thought about it that way. That token white guy was yeah. your husband. Yes. So yeah. how do you stay stuck to your like right. stuck to your guns and yes. hung on to something more worldly? Right. Or my idea. You could have missed yeah. out on. Oh, I would have missed it, out. Your life would look completely different. It yeah. would look completely different. And I mean, I like I, I joke that because I am older than my husband. But, you know, so I'm like, here I am five years old going you know, God is like, there's nobody here for you yet, you know, and yeah. I'm birthing your husband in Iowa. You know? <laughs> I really do feel like he was made for me. Yeah. I do. Imagine. I feel like he, you know, was made yeah. for me. Sure. So, and I would have missed out yeah. on that. Wow. Yeah. So. so that actually brings me to something that I wanted to ask you. Have mm-hmm. you, have you ever questioned this path mm-hmm. that you've that you've found yourself on like have you ever had to mm-hmm. wrestle with do i want to keep moving in this direction is this the the mountain i want to die on uh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well i mean in several aspects like uh, so i went to school for a long time and i know that that was that was all a god thing like i did not grow up i did not grow up in this place or space or in a community where, oh, you just go get your doctorate. That's the thing you do. Right. You and then know, a PhD. And 20, right. right. Like you just don't do that. So here I, I go. Um, first of all, I go off to Iowa. What is that? Right. Again, totally God thing. And then um, was being prompted. Okay, now once I got my master's, okay, now get your your doctorate. Um, like in this particular thing, um, education and, and studying anti-racism and multicultural education, which like I didn't want to do that. That seemed um, like, can I do something sweet? Like, you know, seminary is what I was yeah. thinking. That was right. Like, can I do something kind and gentle? Like, mm-hmm. why? <laughs> why am I doing this? And then, um, and then to do all of that work. And um, let's see, I was a tenure track professor at Illinois State for like a year. 
and then I got married and it was as if my world just stopped. So once I got married, I wasn't a professor anymore because I, I had to move. Mm-hmm. Um, so it kind of took me out of the track, took yeah. me off the track. So I, and, um, and then shortly after I moved to be with my husband, he said, okay, now we're going into ministry. Are you kidding me? <laughs> we did not. That's not a conversation that we ever had. Yeah. That is not on my radar. Thanks for letting me know. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so, okay, now we're going into ministry. Wow. And, and so at this point now, I just kind of felt like um, I was being robbed oh. <laughs> and cheated. And, um, and over the years, you know, I watched, you know, my friends on their tenure track you know, be- become yeah. whatever full professors and um, and they're writing and they're publishing and they're, you know, still learning. Meantime, I'm like, I feel like I'm on the couch. I'm at this church. I'm my husband's sidekick. You know, I'm on the shelf. I feel like my brain is now oozing out of my mm-hmm. ears because I'm not in the intellectual space that I'm accustomed to being. Um, and um, I was you know, we were at a lovely church, but I did not feel like I belong there, like I fit there. And I just spent a lot of time, a lot of energy trying to be whatever I thought the, he was the youth pastor. So whatever I thought the youth pastor's wife, you know, is supposed to be. So trying to spending time and energy, energy, trying to be that, but also resenting. Right that at the same time. And And I remember going, okay, God, what? are you doing yeah (laughs) why are you doing this to me why did you have me go to school for all that time just to like hand my husband a pen when he needs a pen or something i don't i don't understand right yeah yeah Yeah. and then i just i didn't feel appreciated in that place and space and i'm like what kind i don't i think maybe i should take over (laughs) (laughs) i don't think you know what you're doing (laughs) um but anyway so when did Um, you go back to school to pursue your PhD? Oh, that I did it all straight. So oh, undergrad, whoa. master's, yeah, PhD. So I had a PhD in my 20s. Whoa. So, of course, I was always accustomed to moving and shaking and yeah. going and traveling. And I'm going, to, you know, all over the world. And then now I'm sitting on a screeching I remember a blue couch. I'm sitting on this blue couch. And now I'm thinking about, okay, how do I decorate this house? <laughs> how do I, you know, teach, help teach whatever bible study how do i right yeah Yeah. oh and i remember the uh accountant at the church called and said hey can you come be one of the counters and i remember okay so outwardly i'm going are you kidding me like i went i have a doctorate to go sit in a room and count some money yeah yeah you know sure (laughs) but again (laughs) holy spirit was Said, yep, that's that's what you're gonna do. You're and gonna, you're gonna go, be okay you're with count that money, you know. Wow. <laughs> so, wow. But again, then I said, okay, fine, I'm gonna go count this money. And but I met um, one of the most beautiful people in the entire world. Um, so I talked about my college pastor being one of the most authentic and genuine people, and then here was another person mm. that was like that and we ended up be, you know becoming really great friends and she's my prayer buddy partner it's like when she is praying it's like we're two wings on a plane so mm. she can be praying if i walk in the room well like the prayers go higher Does wow that make sense? totally yeah. absolutely so to have a person who is i call her um like she's my prayer twin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's so, great. So then, of course, um, I think it was every Monday counting money. Then we 
just kind of grew closer and closer. Wow. Wow. (laughs) So do you, um, do you sometimes feel a prompting to pray at the same time? You and this friend? Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So even now, um, she still lives in Iowa and we live here in Charlotte. Mm -hmm. And if something pops up, yeah, I'll get a text from her or she will, she will text me. Are you okay? Or, and really, um, you know, and I call her, what's going on? Oh, I'm pregnant. Okay. Yes. I thought, I thought wow. that kind of thing that happens. Those or, are like once in a lifetime friends. That, yeah. That, that's incredible. Yeah. Or, you know, she's like, well, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to Israel. Will you pray for me? And it's as if I'm getting her trip downloaded. Yep. And so I'm praying for her as she is walking the grounds wow. in, you know, Israel. Okay. What a gift. And that's yeah. such a great reminder for our <clears throat> listeners that sometimes the thing isn't the thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So like you thought God was asking you to count money, mm-hmm. but he was really <laughs> leading you to your soulmate friend. That's yep. right. That's right. Yep. And so I think we all get in these seasons where we feel stuck or we feel like, God, I'm better than this, which, mm-hmm. yes. yeah, how yeah. dare we? But Exactly. Right. Right. Um, and yeah, so it's just that that really spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like I'm wrestling with through some mm-hmm. of that, and for sure, it's like, okay, yeah, God will surprise you when you least expect it when That's you're right. giving Him your yes. yes. Absolutely, yeah. and I think sometimes to that, God will kind of tuck something away or make it. It's not in this in a place that we would consider it obvious mm-hmm. because left to ourselves, we'd mess it up. Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know? Yeah. And so he's like, okay, I'm going to hide this around here in the room, in this little room where there's four people counting and then boom, go. Yeah. And yes. then this where I will reveal this to you or, you know, absolutely. So. <laughs> that is definitely part of, um, the, the message that we share at collected that sometimes we, maybe we receive a vision mm-hmm. or we, we re- receive an instruction from the Lord mm-hmm. and we know um, that's something that we are being asked to do, but maybe it's not time yet. Right. Or maybe it is time yes. for that thing that has been left in the other room for so long. Mm-hmm. So that's incredible. Tia McNelly here. You may know that I spent years as a labor and delivery nurse coaching parents through the birth process. I nurtured them through the scary and joyful moments of walking, waiting, and working harder than they'd ever imagined, and then finally watching as the precious thing they'd conceived came to life in the outside world. Though I'm no longer working as a nurse in the hospital, it's my great joy to continue coaching people, but instead of babies, I'm helping people just like you birth their dreams. Do you feel like there's something growing inside of you and you can't quite picture it? but you already love it? Like you might just burst at any moment? Are you both exhilarated and terrified to think of what it would be like to have this thing out of you and in the world? If you know that God is calling you to start working on your dream and you have no idea where to begin, I can help. Let's do something great. Visit tiamcnelly.com coaching to learn more or email hello at tiamcnelly.com to get started today. Was 
there a turning point for you? Because you're not sitting on that couch anymore decorating no. your house. No. Mm-hmm. You are doing incredible <laughs> yes. things. Mm-hmm. So talk to us about discovering that passion. Well, I, I, and I, again, it, it came from, I, 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 God totally <laughs> just revealing. So revelation. Again, mm-hmm. I did not... I could not have planned this. I did not plan this. Um, my husband and I, we were, again, having these conversations and people uh, with our children or, you know, with our one child at the time. And we just happened to be, um, this is when we lived in Winston-Salem. We happened to be plopped into this m- middle of this neighborhood where there was lots of multi-ethnic families by marriage and adoption and and so forth. And so just neighbors would ask us questions um, like, you know, how do you talk to, you know, the girls or your girls about, you know, skin tone or race or hair. And so we just, you know, well, this is how we say it. This is how we talk about it. This is what we do. And uh, what we would hear every time, oh, what a great perspective. Or, wow. Um, or um, even when people would ask us questions about like race and racism and different things that were happening. Now, this was before, this would be, um, early 2000s, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so before the country has blown up, you know? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> so people are just, you know, asking us questions casually. We answer them, and people would say, um, how come when you talk about race, it sounds so, like, hopeful and life-giving? Yes. And But, you know, when I talk to so-and-so or when I read so-and-so's book, it sounds so daunting and hopeless. And I'm mm. like, I don't know. I like. I really don't. <laughs> I don't know. Like, so, and then people say, you know, you should do a blog. Now, honestly, back then, I didn't know what a blog was. I'm like, what is that? I don't right. know what that is. Yeah. And then I'm thinking, why would anybody want to read that or mm. talk about that? Like, mm. that makes no sense to me. Um, so fast forward, um, I think, you know, we get moved here um, to Charlotte again, all God thing. We moved to Charlotte. You know, we're attending uh, Mosaic and, um, yeah, just this, in my heart, Holy Spirit is bubbling up. Um, like, have you know, you have these conversations, like, be this resource for people in the way that you two exist. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm thinking, who in the world, why would anybody want to have this conversation like outside of us, you know, mm. outside. And um, little and did you know that so many and, were aching yeah, I didn't. to and have well, that conversation. Yeah. And even our, you know, our nation just yeah. um, kind of throbbing underneath the surface mm-hmm. um, to go to new, deeper, better places yeah. um, than we've been in the history of our country. And so, uh, yeah, then I, things started to kind of. Um, let's see, I'll say it this way. The curtain was drawn back yeah. so we could see what we really needed to see. And then, yeah, then boom. So, so, and I knew again that I was being like, this is the kind of stuff God does. Just sent the stranger. This happened multiple times. Like a person who doesn't know me, I'm not with my husband. So you can't. So now when we're together, people think, oh, we can obviously talk to them about race. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. But when we're separate. Like, you don't know that. Yeah. And so I, I was at this worship thing that I just had gone off to by myself. The people there even asked, like, what are you doing here? Like, how did you hear about us? That yeah. type thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'm there just having my own worship time. Yeah. And a lady says, 
she starts talking to me. She asked my permission, can I talk to you? And she was holding a very pretty baby. So I thought, well, she's probably safe, you know? I'll talk to me. Baby, babies. That's what I tell my kids. Yeah. Find a mom. Yes. Yeah. She's yeah. holding a pretty baby. So I was like, <laughs> okay, you seem safe. And she said, she started telling me the very things that Holy Spirit had been downloading that, that I was too afraid to even say out loud. Wow. Um, you know, even stuff that I say everything to my husband, but this stuff, I'm like, I'm not even saying to him. I just right. he's gonna yeah. think I'm crazy. Yeah. You know, wow. I'm like, I'm not telling. I'm not telling him. This is what we're about to do. And this woman started telling me. And so God wants to use you for racial healing. I had wow. never even heard the term racial wow. healing before, ever. Wow. I'd only had only heard the term like racial reconciliation. But racial healing, that was something different Wow! because of what I had gone through in graduate school and my whole transition and transformation, I should say, uh, with the church and, mm. and helping the church um, become a church for everyone. There had to be deep healing mm. for the church to remain a sacred space for me. Mm. So she said that God wants to use you for racial healing. And she starts saying all these other things, like even very specific words. And I just stood there looking at her like, oh, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and she's looking at me like, you you know, like, yeah. just say, she's just so eloquently just poured it all out. And I'm sitting there looking at her like, lady, please stop talking to me. Yeah. I do not want to do this. Is so, that the first time that anyone had sort of prophesied that over your life? Um, Let's see. Or were there times after that? Yeah, so there's times, there was that time, that that type of thing in, in a different way. Uh-huh. So um, like an, another time, um, a person just pointed me out. He was on the stage and he was like, you with the denim jacket, you know, and I'm like, oh, that's me. You know? <laughs> and he says, and you know, and he said to me, God has put the nations in your heart. Wow. Oh. Yeah. And that was, a, again, that was something. Hey, no Holy pressure. <laughs> You're like, had, ah, had, I'll call the chambray. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that, but that was actually so denim. denim. And I, right. It's just blue. <laughs> no. And I did. And, and then he went on to say some things that, again, Holy Spirit had already downloaded. Um, you know, but the, it was just a reminder like, okay, hey, don't forget. Yeah. Like, mm. I've called you to everybody. Wow. Wow. I've called you to everybody. And I put, I put everybody, you know, all the people. All the peoples, yeah, in, <laughs> in your heart, yes, you have. And then, of course, and then I'm like, okay, then that makes sense. Why, like, my husband, you know, I married this man who has, who is, you know, all these different ethnicities, what uh, um, Italian and Irish and Native American and wow. Scottish, you know, all, you know, all the stuff. Yeah, me and um, and then my children, um, and just how God has. It's amazing to see how God has shaped me. Especially after I said yes, because I was definitely on my on a different trajectory with mm-hmm. my own plan. It was a good mm-hmm. plan, mm-hmm. but it wasn't a God plan, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so um, so I say, I'll, no, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, <laughs> my husband has a funny saying. Sometimes 
he calls you and sometimes he kidnaps you. I kidnapped, yes. Yes, yes. I've been kidnapped several times now. Yes. yes. I like that. It is so true because I, yeah. sometimes you, ha- I mean, you've just got your eyes on the prize, you're heading yeah. in this direction, yeah. and then he takes you on this left turn that you didn't even mm-hmm. know was there. Right. And yeah, that is that is a shocking and yeah. difficult scenario to find yourself in. Right. But such a peaceful place right. when you know mm-hmm. this is the direction the Lord has me going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, except for when it's about race and racism. It's not, not peaceful. It's not peaceful. No. no. I was like crying and terrified. Yeah. And like, God, really? Like people die. Yeah. Why? What are you doing? Yeah. But you know. But Can I ask you, this is a question yeah. that just popped in my head and I just want okay. to ask. So if, when you find yourself in that not peaceful place mm. in conversation with someone. Okay. How do you move towards peace? What Do you have tools? Mm. Do you have specific thoughts that you like to pull into the conversation what do you do okay well okay so i'll just say this so typically when i have given a person to have a permission Mm -hmm. to have a conversation with me about race i am kind of in charge yeah the conversation Mm -hmm. does that and that's something that i've had to put in place for my own safety. That's good. And so I've become very good at not allowing people to frame me mm. or not showing up in where in places where I haven't been framed, right? So even as, you know, I get invited to speak places, I'm like, okay, let's go over how you will introduce me or let's go over yeah. if you're going to ask me questions, these are the questions you may ask. Yes, I have mm. to be yeah. very like guarded, otherwise mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. do this work. I think mm-hmm. people attach, like when it comes to conversations about race and racism, people attack such a um, like aggressive, assertive type of tone behavior with it. And then people maybe anticipate that of me and mm-hmm. I'm not made that way. No, I don't I'm get like a, a hint little, of that off no, of you. No, <laughs> I'm like a little fairy godmother kind of <laughs> la, 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 la. like that's so i can't do i'm not a debater yeah um and that's even though you know that one of the reasons i think that i um well no i wrote the curriculum um is because um through all of the work that my husband and i have been a part of you know from graduate school to mm-hmm. now right and so we've been to classes and workshops and seminars and talks we've sometimes even been the mediators and things like that and so we um just we really understand we really understand very well what doesn't work yeah and so what we won't do Mm -hmm. and what we won't you know be a part of and so then of course we had to come up with okay this is what we will do Mm -hmm. and um yeah one thing that we agree that is very necessary is to create a space where people can feel both safe and be brave Mm -hmm. um so we do a lot of that even for ourselves Mm -hmm. and then um oh see i just lost my thought oh and we use just education as an invitation yeah so if Mm -hmm. i am inviting you along to and i will help Mm -hmm. you learn i will draw out of you that which Mm -hmm. You know, You're the uh, guide. allows you to go on this journey. Yes, I will guide you. You will not beat me up. Mm-mm. No, <laughs> no, I can't do that. <laughs> and if I you try, I'm that. out. I'm out. Yeah. I'm so out. I just can't do it. Yeah. And so I have to know <laughs> what yeah. I can do, what I can't do. And so sometimes people want, you know, hey, can you come do this particular thing? And um, 
And if it doesn't, like, no, that's that's very unhealthy for people. That's unhealthy for me. That's unhealthy for the people who are listening and participating. It doesn't help. It doesn't meet a goal except for to further confusion. So no. And good. and I did do a I, I did a favor for a friend once, and I went along with her to be the teaching part of her thing she was doing. And then the way that the person introduced me and framed me. Um, it was, it made it very difficult for me to bring my like fairy dust or whatever. Right. Like, I you know what I mean? I couldn't sure. do my thing. So I said, okay, I'm never doing that again. Wow. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> we do. We have to set boundaries around oh, yeah. what we're comfortable oh, speaking sure. to. And God has given you a very specific message. Yes. And so talk about that a little bit, especially in the context of like your life message and how that plays out because it's it is a faith based mm-hmm. calling for mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Your purpose mm-hmm. is very clear. The way that you show Christ's love on this earth through this work is mm-hmm. very obvious. And so, how does that play out for you in the work that you're doing in the local school that you're consulting with? Okay, well, I um, I just sincerely believe that you know if we if we know better we'll, we'll we'll do better or what how's that saying go um equally informed people seldom disagree that type have you heard that before that's no. beautiful okay. yeah yeah <laughs> and so i so you know working with um educators and parents so working with the adults um if if i could just show you um some things that you probably weren't taught mm-hmm. or you probably missed um then you know, you can make more informed um, decisions about maybe how the choices you make in life Mm -hmm. regarding the relationships you have with people and more specifically how you're raising your children. Yeah. And so typically as we, again, offer education just as an invitation, not telling people how to think or what to think. You know, um, I, I heard this guy say, um, he asked us, um, he said, you know, you've, uh, done the connect the dots as a child right and everybody nodded yes and he said so when you connected the dots and you know and you saw the picture he said now did you create the picture or was the picture already there Mm, that's powerful so powerful yeah like i'm using that so with you know race and racism the picture is there Mm -hmm. we just are missing a lot of the dots and so we just want to like let's give you the dot so you can see you know the picture and then you can you know you can draw the picture your yourself and typically yeah we find like the teachers or parents for the most part their response is how come we weren't taught this growing Mm -hmm. up or i feel bad because i'm whatever 40 and i don't yeah know this and um, so in that sense, we, you know, it's a gift. It's yeah. a service. Mm-hmm. And then for the children, um, you know, my my hope is then to um, allow the children to not be deprived so mm-hmm. that the children aren't deprived. And yeah. we aren't kind of break that more, cycle. Break, thank you. Break. There it is. Break the cycle. Yeah. And so one of my favorite things to do. Actually, it is my favorite thing to do is to go into the classrooms and read to the children and give them language for skin tone mm-hmm. and to have conversations with them about race. And because they don't have like the ego filter mm-hmm. or, you know, they're not going to they're not 
um, they don't have this fear that they're going to lose their jobs mm, or true. be judged by their right? colleagues. Yeah. <laughs> they say whatever, yeah. <laughs> which has to be so refreshing. It is. Yes. And they ask the most amazing questions. It's, it's as if they like, are you kidding me? There are words and I have permission to use these words to frame these thoughts or to mm. articulate these thoughts that I've had, but nobody has given me words or permission or even some training on how to do this. And they just come alive and they ask all kinds of wonderful I questions. And, um, and yeah, and you could, and on certain levels, a lot of, uh, let's see, um, bad thinking mm-hmm. is being disrupted or interrupted. Yes. Yeah. So that, yeah, if, okay, so if that child would not have asked that question or mm-hmm. said that thing, yeah. you know, they continue to think that way. And then you get adult, then they become adults and go like, well, they've never been challenged on this before. Nobody's ever introduced this to them before. So right. it must be made up. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> so you have on your, on the Brown City website, right. on the resources page, mm. you have a lot of um, children's books. Yes. Are those the books that you take into the classroom with you? Yes. Okay. Yes, those are my favorites because they... Um, they give specific language and they um, for like skin tone and talking about race and they model some things that parents can do. So those are my favorites. Fantastic. Okay. So as we wrap up, because we could talk to you for hours, (laughs) but unfortunately our time is running out. What is the one book besides yours that you, this is this price question Mm -hmm. that you would recommend to our listeners. Um, it, that would maybe be transformational in regards to racial healing. Okay, can it be a, a documentary? Yes, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. My favorite documentary, because it is brilliant people who have put it together, they don't have a political or economic agenda. Yeah. It's called Race, the Power of an Illusion. Mm-hmm. And it is um, produced, I think, by California Newsreel. And I. I love it. I have an education background, so I love just the good, solid information. Yes. <laughs> I watched there. it, and I agree. Yeah. It just is. And they're not trying to appeal to my emotions. No. Or my, or my no. It's like, information. It's just information. I love it. I love it. That's and that is the documentary <laughs> that is sort of pivotal in getting through That's the work right. in your your journal yes. guide. I use that documentary to give just a basic foundational understanding That's good. of how race was created because God did not create race. Let's be very clear. Let's be very clear. <laughs> Say it one more time. God did not create race. <laughs> Thank you so much. And if your Bible says race, it sh- it's been mistranslated and it should be eth- ethnicities. Ethnicities or nationalities, not races. Man created race. <laughs> I just want to point out okay. that Lucretia is I'm, very close to her microphone I'm leaning right into now. the mic. <laughs> God did not do that. (laughs) But it talks about how we created races and why and why we have this racial hierarchy. Um, And then the reality that we are, was it 98.9% or something, all, you know, the same. We're sisters and brothers, which is what God tells us. It is. (laughs) Imagine. Okay. So anyway, and then it talks, and then you see how the narrative or the um, this bad information just got so embedded into the American psyche, the American culture. Yeah. And and then even still how it plays out today because we are not a post-racial society. Yes. So Well, I just want to speak over you that um, you are breaking down these cycles and barriers and these just repeated wrong, the repeated wrong information that's mm-hmm. been passed down from generations. And so... Okay. 
you are incredible. There is such a clear anointing on you. And we are so grateful to have had the opportunity to speak with you for just a few minutes. Again, I'm going to need a follow up. (laughs) Okay. So yeah, you guys, um, you can find Dr. Lucretia Berry at brownicity.com. And um, follow her on all the social media. All the stuff. Yeah. What's your handle? Um, Lucretia Berry. Easy. And Brownicity. So both or either. Perfect. Both. Everyone. (laughs) Both. We'll put all the links to that on the the blog. Absolutely. Well, thanks again for being here. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) That was, um, I'm actually feel like I'm kind of speechless because, um, Lucretia is a voice of hope Mm -hmm. and um, said things that I don't know that I've ever heard anybody say before um, regarding um, racial healing and um, relationship. Um, I think she really um, simplifies things too. I think sometimes we can make um, things complicated that are complicated, but in conversation, um, can actually be um, broken down mm-hmm. and um, defined and explained in a way that um, takes away any confusion yeah. and brings clarity. And that is what I believe she's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how powerful powerful her voice is. Mm-hmm. So, And I love her dedication to information. Yes. Um, what she said about equally informed people rarely disagree yes. was so, so impactful. Oh um, you know, when, when we're all working with the same information and we boil things down to a fact level, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the emotion, the inflammation of emotion can be decreased. Um, with that just application of fact, you know? So, yeah, what an incredible time we had with her. so good. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday.